What's going on everyone? It's Bales and welcome back to another AFL Fantasy head-to-head -head video where we put two players up against one another and see who we'd be picking out of the two players. This episode five of uh, the head-to-head -head series, if you haven't checked out the other four episodes, make sure you do. And also on the last episode, we had another member of uh, Chat Jake, um, but we've got another one of his compatriots there. It is uh, the captain of the Hat Chat crew. It is DC, mate. DC, how you doing? Yes. Uh, contrary to popular belief, that is not a self-proclaimed name from, from me. So I can thank <laughs> Warney for the, the captain of Hat Chat uh, on the Deck of DT article today. Yeah. Um, but, yes, no, I'm going well, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, pumping out this uh, this fantasy content. It's uh, I said to Warney, uh, pretty much as soon as January 1 hit, it's almost like my mind switched uh, and it's uh, pre-season's full on. So uh, getting stuck in the head tenses. But we are talking about two very relevant players uh, and it's in a bit of a barren sort of uh, position this year in the forward line where we had plethora of options last year. But this year, these are the, sort of the two main guys people are looking at. And a lot of people are, are really only keen to start once. This could be one where it's a bit of a good comparison and people might be swayed potentially uh, um, with this conversation. But it is Jack McRae and Sam Flanders uh, are in this head-to-head -head battle. So uh, DC will be taking Jack McRae. I'll be taking Sam Flanders. And uh, we'll, we'll see who comes out on top at the end. So uh, DC, mate, why don't you get us uh, started underway with Jack McRae? Why should people be selecting him in 2024? Yeah, well, I think you, you kind of touched on it there already, Bales, the, the lack of forward options we've got, which has been spoken about a heap already, and we're only in January, and I'm sure it'll really rear its head um, as more people start to get involved in fantasy over the next month. But, yeah, Jack McRae is the most expensive forward we've got this year. He's priced at 91.8 much lower than uh, what he's been able to average in the past. Um, I think this comparison is quite interesting with Flanders because they're probably the two premium forwards that most people are looking at. Um, yep. I would say the majority of, of sides will probably have at least one. Some will have two, um, but I, I wouldn't think there'd be too many teams that would start neither. So I think it's a, yep. a, a good comparison for us to have. Uh, Stats-wise for, for Jack McRae, he's obviously been a, a real top-end Uber premium for us in the past. Um, he's averaged 120 in a season before um, from 2018 to 2021. He had four straight seasons averaging over 110. Um, so really has been a, a fantasy stud for us over the last decade. Um, at this time last year, we actually thought that he was going to be a, a pretty good pick and, and he was quite popular to start the season. That's because his 2022 season, his average shot to a 103.4. Um, so we thought there was maybe upside there and he could return to that 110 average, but he went the other way. He, he dropped another 10 points and dropped back to a 91.8, as, as I already said. So I guess maybe a question for you, Bales. What do you, what do you think that tells us um, with his previ previous season's averages? Like what, do we, what information do we actually get out of that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky with, with Jet McRae, isn't it? Because... You, you look at it, and there's probably the one side where he doesn't, he's not getting the CBAs. His, his CBAs always dropped dramatically, especially last year, but even the last couple of seasons as well. But I think there's also the fact that he's just getting, he's getting a little bit older. And he's like, I guess when early in his career, when he was getting those plus sixes, he was getting around the ground, he was a bit younger and able to get around the ground more. Whereas we don't, we know Jack McCray's not the quickest um, player out there. And, and because he's getting a little bit older, maybe he's not able to cover as much ground. Um, but it could, as I said, it could also be the fact of that, those lack of CBA. So I'm, I'm really keen to see him. He's one player I'm really keen to watch in the preseason to see how he looks because uh, with Bailey Smith, obviously going down with uh, his ACL, um, which is obviously unfortunate for him, but 
looking as a fantasy point of view, could that mean McRae gets that little bump? I know Bally Smith didn't have many CBAs last year, but he could get that bump. I think Trelaw could get less. Um, I don't see him going at 105 this year and going at over 70% CBAs. I just I don't know if he, he can sustain that enough for another season with his injury history. I think Liver had a great year last year. Him and Bont are the two guys, and I don't see them moving, but I don't think Liver's going to go 103 again. I think he'll drop maybe to 100 or even below 100. So I think there is upside there for McRae to get those points and and get that CBA bump. What, what do you, is that what you see? Do you see McRae getting the bump? Or do you maybe, with devil's advocate point I've raised, is that maybe is it, he's getting a bit older and he can't reach those heights of that 110 uh, or more um, in 2024? Yeah, I think it's interesting that we've now had two years in a row where he has regressed quite considerably. Um, is that a trend? Is it just the way the last couple of seasons have gone? Obviously, what we learn from those seasons where he's averaged 110 is that when everything is in place for him, he has the ability to be an outstanding scorer. Um, I'd argue that last season, a lot of things didn't go his way, and, and you already touched on it there, but the, the CBAs, I mean, he... Yeah, dropped back to a 35% average on CBAs. And, and obviously, CBAs aren't everything. Um, but generally speaking, the highest averaging midfielders in the game uh, do have higher CBA attendances. Errol Goulden maybe a side last season. That was definitely the case. Um, he, he also had six games last year where he had 20 CBAs or less. So that says to me that yeah. he's been entirely shut out of that midfield rotation for those games, which very, very rarely happened in the past. Um, so it says to me that, yes, his role has shifted in the last few seasons. And if we're going and expecting him to average 110 from 35% CBAs again, I don't think that's going to happen. So it really comes down to what role are we expecting him to have this season? Um, you said, yeah, Smith has gone down with an ACL. He actually didn't have a great amount of uh, inside midfield time last year. He was sort of pretty sporadic in there as well, similar to McRae. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how much that actually affects him. And then you, you touched on the fact that there's a lot of mouths in there and a lot of really dominant fantasy scoring players. Bond obviously averaged the 117, Trelaw 105, Libba 103. And then if you think of English, he's, he's basically another midfielder as well, averaged 118. And even Caleb Daniel spent a fair bit of time in there with a, an average of basically 90. Um, I did even mention Sanders as well, obviously coming in. Yeah, Sanders coming in. So he may, he may take that a bit of that time that uh, Bailey Smith is going to, or the, the time that Bailey Smith would have taken. So there's a lot of points there that are already being chewed up. Um, and if you, if we don't see too many of those other guys shifting, you said Trelaw might change. Yes, possibly. Um, but I also think he's a little bit different to McRae. They're, they're quite different players. He's got a little bit more leg yeah. speed ability to burst from stoppage a bit more. Um, the Dogs were second overall for stoppage points last year, so using uh, Jaden's awesome stats that he's put out over the last few weeks. Um, so it says to me that there's not really a lot lot higher for them to go in terms of being able to gather points from stoppage already right at the pointy end. Um, so I just question if nothing else changes around him, um, how much upside does he actually have? That said, I, I kind of agree. I, I don't think there's an awful lot of risk because a lot of the comments from the, the community that I've seen have been about him. Uh, not It's not possible for him to go worse than what he did uh, last year. I agree to a point. I think if his role stays similar, I can probably expect a similar output where he's going to be in the 90s would be my guess, which is absolutely fine as a, as a forward, um, particularly with how light they are this year. He did average 79 after the buy though. 
Um, so he has had an extended period where he's been considerably worse than what he's priced at. Um, had a couple of really low scores in there, which probably drag it down a little bit. Um, but he has shown when things really aren't going his way, he he stinks it up a little bit. He doesn't score particularly well. So I think it's going to be a massive preseason watch for me. I think if he's getting enough time in the midfield, even if it's around that 40%, I'll be picking him. He obviously avoids the early buy as well. Um, but I feel as though he's a bit of a safe pick and I don't expect him to fly back up to a high 105 plus average. Um, I'd be surprised if that happens. The only way I could see that happening is if one or even two of the Bulldogs midfielders get an injury um, and he he's the last man standing. Um, otherwise, I can't see how he pushes ahead of those other guys, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, no, all good points, and I, I do agree. If you had to pinpoint um, an average at this point, obviously before pre-season, we haven't seen any action, so it's really hard to sort of give a, a a real estimate of what we think in average. But what do you see him going at? Is it around that hundred mark? Do you see him going under hundred, or do you maybe see him going a little bit more if if he uh, if you think he's going to get that role? Oh, I think yeah, like I said, I think it's so dependent on on the health of the dogs' midfield. But if we're assuming they're all healthy, I, I can't see him going over hundred. I think he's. I think he's maybe a few points up upside, like 97, 98. If there's one or two injuries in the dog's midfield, then, yeah, he probably can go back over that 100 and maybe even push the 105. But in the role he was in last year, I can't see a 100-plus average. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I would, I'd have him around that, yeah, that 95 to 98 mark if he's got that same role again. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as bad as that. As you say, that 79, the back half of the year, I just don't think that that – I think – McRae could play in, in the worst position possible. He could play on the bench, um, and I'd think he'd still score better than that 70. I just think it's just, just a really bad second half of the year for him. So I expect him to respond uh, in some respect. But as you say, if, if all those guys are healthy, they're not all going to average over 100. Like, it's just it's just not going to happen. No, if Daniel's no, in there no, as well, no. Sanders, yeah. so just, it's, 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 it's pretty impossible. So, But no, very interesting to see. But another guy on the, on the flip side of that where he was able to break out, especially in the second half of the year, was Sam Flanders. So... He really came out of no, uh, we out of nowhere to an ex, to an extent, but we, we saw these numbers in the kneeful, and we 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 have seen flashes in games where he's come onto the sub or he's had limited time in the midfield that we've known that he can score. And from from post by, just listen to some of these numbers that of these scores that he put up. So like none of these are bad either. So he, like he started the year with a 64, 46, 26, and forty one. We can see obviously some of those games are affected by sub. And especially in that round one game, I think from memory, just played forward, just didn't really have a good role. But after that, 69, 53, 26, and 56. So just just not great numbers. Whereas if you're looking at when he moved the midfield um, in the back half of the year post-buy, went 94, 109, 67. That was his one bad game. 120, 110, 103, 94, 90. And even finished with a 125 and a 146. So some really, really big scores there. And just showed that that ceiling that that he's shown in the knee and was able to translate that into um, the AFL setting. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this all this all works with it. with Gold Coast. Obviously, Damien Harwick, new coach there. Um, obviously, him being there. But you've already got a, a Matt Rao, a Nara Anderson, a Toot Miller. They're all there. Does Bailey Humphrey get some some CBAs as well? And obviously, Sam Flans himself. So, DC, I'll throw this to, to you as well. What, what do you see Sam Flanders doing with a new coach there? Is this very much dependent on pre-season to see it, or do you see him doing what he did in the back half of the year, getting that anywhere from 40 to 65% CBAs and, and being that sort of that fourth guy in there and, and really putting up these strong numbers as, as a forward? Yeah, I think he is that fourth guy. Um, I'd be surprised if Anderson, Raul, and Miller aren't the three ahead of him. 
I think Swallows must be 30, 31 now. I think they need to start transitioning that midfield a little bit away from him, um, particularly with where Gold Coast are at. They're, they're obviously still developing. Flanders finished the, the season brilliantly, as you said. Um, I think he's also a little bit different to the other three. He's probably most similar in, in some ways maybe to Anderson. Um you know, with elements of Miller, I don't think he tackles quite as hard as Miller, but he's maybe a bit more of a, an outside player versus inside, but still has the ability to, to get inside and win his own ball too. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he... I, I'm more excited about him in some ways than, than McRae with having upside because I think if things do fall his way, he's must be seven or eight years younger. I, c- I can really see him becoming a, a bona fide 100-plus midfielder uh, for us in the future, and, and that could start this year in the forward line. Yeah, yeah, I agree as well. I think he's, he's going to take that step up. The one flag I do have with uh, Sam Flanders, and looking a bit more into it, it's, it's a small flag. It's probably not something that would turn, I guess, turn you off if you're confident with Flanders. It's probably more dependent on role, but just some of the some of the opponents and uh, fixtures and, and grounds he's going to be playing at to start the year. So I'll, I'll take you through it, DC, and see, see what you make. It's interesting to get your take on this if this matters too much. But these are his first 10 matches uh, next year and, and fixtures. So he's got Adelaide at Metricon, but that's at night. Um, it's the start of the season to be dewy. Round two's got Bulldogs down at Ballarat. We know that's not a great ground to score. Then he's got the bye. Giants at the Adelaide Hills, still a very unknown ground of scoring on, but doesn't sort of fill you with much confidence. Hawthorne at, at Metricon at night as well. I, I believe that's another Saturday night, or it might be a twilight game, that one. Sydney at the SCG, West Coast at uh, Heritage, not too bad, I'm not too worried about that. Brisbane at the Gabba, not too worried about that. These are not back-to-back games at, uh, in, up in Darwin at TIO against North Melbourne and Geelong. So what do you make of that, DC, with those with those grounds and fixtures? Are you, are you worried about that? Is it dependent on role with those fixtures? He's playing forward. Does it matter more with those uh, with those games? What do, you, what do you make of that? And would that be something that would deter you from, from, from picking at Sam Flanders in your side? Uh, probably not. In isolation, I think as a if he's going to play this amount of inside mid time that we're we're thinking, you should be able to score on most grounds. I think in those situations because you're either tackling or you're picking up marks on the outside. The if, you, if we're worried about games that are greasy or maybe small grounds, the types of players that I'd be worried about then would be kind of your purely outside players. You're thinking sort of half back flankers or wingers. Um, so he doesn't fall into that category quite as much. I think what is interesting is the first couple of games, if we think that he's maybe going to be slightly capped on his ceiling, he's then obviously got that round three buy as well. So that's probably what I'm more interested in is whether you could pick him up after the buy if you're assuming he's not going to hurt you a huge amount in the first two rounds. Yeah, and that's a it's a good point, but you raised there, and, and that's probably the last point we'll touch on before we sort of pick between the two. But there's a fair few forwards, especially value forwards, that have that have got this opening round buy. Obviously, you've, you've got your... Sydney duo in James Jordan and Taylor Adams. You've got Jack Billings from Melbourne. Obviously, you've got Flanders himself. So is, is how are you approaching this opening round um, in terms of like these forward options? Because there are a few guys there that have got buys that might be more value that could rise up in price, whereas Flanders is that guy you're expecting to have in your side for the year. So, yeah, just chat through that, what you're thinking with that. Yeah, he's probably, out of all the players... Uh, sorry, all the premiums this year that have that early buy, he's probably the one that I'm most interested in starting just because of the lack of other premium forward options we actually have that seem to be show potential upside or or show that they could be top six forwards for the whole season. Um, That said, I do think you could 
maybe get a you could take the risk and try and get on him after the buy, even if you're keen on him. And I think he is still a bit different to guys like Jordan or, or Billings if you're interested in him. Um, or even a, a Finn McRae is the other one that's quite popular that's got the yeah. buy too. In that they're so so cheap, those guys, that if you think they have 20 points upside, if they drop a say the if they're replaced with the equivalent of a 50 or a 60 score by the rookie you you have to replace them with on that bye week. It actually doesn't matter that much, but Flanders is priced at about 90. So if you're replacing that with a, a 50 score for the week he misses, you're giving up 40 to 50 points in price stat equivalent. So hopefully this is making sense. Um, versus g- giving up, you know, someone like a Jordan, I think is priced at about 50 anyway. So if you're replacing yeah. him with with a rookie score that might give you a 50, then well, that's just what you paid for him anyway. So you can probably take that for a week. Um, yeah. So across the course of a season, if you're thinking about, okay, I think Flanders could average 100 for the season, he's actually only doing that across 22 games. And the 23rd game, let's say for the sake of it, he scores a 50, it then effectively drags down his average by about two, two and a half points. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think you need to kind of calculate that in in your projections for a lot of these players, particularly those that are a fair bit more expensive like a, a Flanders. Um so, yeah, I'm, I still have a fair bit of interest in him because I do really like him as a player and, and and as an option for us as a top six this year. But that buy does worry me a little bit and it obviously depends on how many buy players you have in your side. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree as well. And, that, and that's why I think that this head-to-head battle is very much a, a pre-season watch and it's this, our opinions probably would could change after we've seen that opening round and we've seen a bit of action from McRae in there. So, But it has come... Uh, to the time where we've got to pick between the two players. So, DC, mate, what who are you picking between Jack McRae and Sam Flanders in this head-to-head battle? Well, it might be a bit surprising with how positive I've sounded overall with Flanders and negative with McRae, but at the moment I've got McRae because I, I think uh, he's the safer pick and and not having the early buy at that price, I think it is, is quite important. But Flanders has spent a lot of time in my team as well. So at the moment I'll take McRae, but it wouldn't surprise me if I start both. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I'm 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 McRae as well. I think, as you say, that buy probably just sort of flicks it towards uh, McRae and that that sort of unknown um, with in terms of new coach and everything. But then again, it's the same unknown with with McRae. So if if, if we see in the preseason, McRae's got a bad role and Flanders put, pumps out a even at 110, 120 in the open round, I'm going to be starting Flanders because he's going to be probably get away from you and you're probably not going to be able to get him in round four if he has a big score. But if he goes sub sub 100 then there's probably a, a cause where you probably could um uh not start him but so obviously you said there you've got mccray currently inside and flanders not currently inside is that correct yeah at the moment but flanders has spent a fair bit of the preseason in there as well so and i've had times when mccray mccray hasn't been in so yeah we'll just sort of see what happens and what the what sort of news we get over the next month or so and we'll make a call i guess closer to to round one and as you say see how flanders looks in that opening round that's the advantage we're going to have this year yep yeah, I'm the same as well. McRae's sitting in there, but I've it's pretty much been 50-50 split between the two uh, this preseason. I've gone to and from, but very big preseason watch for both these players. But that's going to be do it, do it for the head-to-head battle. Uh, let us know in the comments below what you guys thought of the head-to-head battle and uh, what your thoughts are on Jack McRae and Sam Flanders heading into 2024. Are you liking either player or are you off both players? Or, yeah, just let us know. Any other questions, well, put them in the comments below. If you did enjoy the video, do make sure you uh, leave a like. Helps the channel out very much. And also subscribe to the channel on our road to 2,000 subscribers. But DC, mate, 
thank you very much for jumping on. I've, I've now completed half the hat chat, uh, boys. Uh, it might be a bit difficult to track down uh, uh, Mr. USA um, over there and, and Sanchu, uh, uh, yeah, has replied to my message. I've been left uh, on uh, unseen. So um, we'll have to see how we go. But, mate, um, where can the people find you on the socials and where can the people find hat chat? And, and when can we expect uh, you boys back behind the mics? Yeah, you can find me at DC Caterpillars. You can find Hat Chat at Hat Chat AFL. Um, and we'll be back behind the mics, hopefully, before the end of the month. So keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting stuck back into it. Yeah, beautiful. And you can find me at DT on the socials as well. And uh, these are, are available as podcasts, wherever you eat podcasts. And so make sure you do go give them a listen. You can even listen to the video and then listen to the podcast a day later because this will be released uh, about 24 hours or so or maybe a little bit less after the video's gone live so make sure you uh, listen to it there and please give us a five-star rating and review that'd be very much appreciate does help out uh, afl fantasy fanatics so yeah thank you very much dc for jumping on and thank you for everyone for listening in the next episode we've got another special guest i'm going to be talking about two uh midfielders that have we had a few injuries to deal with last year in the case of one of the plays had a bit of an injury bug last couple of years but can both of them bounce back and potentially put themselves back in and amongst those 110 uh, averaging midfielders. So uh, looking forward to that episode. But until that one, have a good couple of days and we'll see you guys in the next episode. I'm out. Cheers.